Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine of three quarters topic of the week is Is Ron a good friend? Hey there, listeners. I'm Jem, and this week I'll be arguing that yes, Ron is a good friend. And I'm Rhea, and this week I'm arguing that Ron is a terrible friend. The audacity. He's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, show me receipts. <laughs> okay, so we're just launching straight into it? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Ron isn't special or talented like Harry and Hermione. He's Whoa! ordinary, he's dumb, he doesn't work hard enough, he's just petty and jealous of everyone that's better of him. He's just like all poor people, and we should hate him because we're better than him. Nobody should relate to Ron. <laughs> He's not a flawed human being who grows and develops over time. He's an immature little child who doesn't deserve to have nice things like friendships or praise. Done. That's it. That's my whole argument. Rhea, you sound like a bad friend. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we're not arguing whether I'm a good friend. We're arguing whether Ron is a good friend. Is Rhea a good friend can be an episode we do later. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is, is that really what people say? That's what I'm saying. That's my true and honest opinion that I believe. Okay, okay. First of all, uh, Ron is not special or talented, unlike Harry Hermione. Wow. That's a bitchy thing to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> why does that matter in determining whether someone's a good friend or not, whether they're special or talented? Because he's boring. What? Ron is not boring. He's always the one that can lighten up a situation with a good joke. Like a clown. The perfect friend. <laughs> Maybe Hermione's very clever, but she's not fun to hang around with. Sure, Harry's so special, he's a chosen one, but he's also Typhoid Mary. No one wants to hang around with the guy who gets everyone <laughs> killed all the time. Ron is easygoing and fun to be around. <laughs> That's a good quality to have in a friend. <laughs> That's true. And, okay, what were your other arguments? That he's um, immature? Yeah, he's dumb, he doesn't work hard, he's petty and jealous of everyone that's better than him. Okay, alright, alright, so, right, stop there. Dumb and doesn't work hard. Right. Ron is not dumb. Ron, uh... Compared to Hermione and Harry. Oh, anyone's dumb compared to Hermione. He's not dumb compared to Harry. In terms of, like, their grades, Harry and Ron do pretty similarly. Harry does a bit better in Defense Against the Dark Arts because of his natural talent, because there's a lot to talk about there. It could have been (laughs) part of Voldemort that's in him, and also the fact that from a child he's been in danger. So he's had to be more defensive against the Dark Arts. This isn't a Harry episode. This isn't a Harry episode. This is a Ron episode. So, um, <laughs> you know, Ron and Harry had pretty similarish grades. They took the same sort of classes. I'd say maybe Ron didn't work as hard as Harry in some other aspects because Harry had to work a bit harder sometimes in terms of tribal tournament and things like that. Mm. But 
you know, I wouldn't say Ron is dumb. He's actually quite smart. He's a great chess player. You have to have a lot of strategy and quick thinking to be a good chess player. Mm-hmm. He's often right, even though he's joking at the time, he's often right about his hunches about people, yeah. which is interesting. His gut instincts are often right. I wouldn't say Ron's a dumb person mm. at all. I'd say, okay, yeah, he's maybe not as hard a worker as Hermione. Oh, no one is. <laughs> but I wouldn't say that he's, like, consistently lazy. My next point was, he's just like all poor people. We should hate him because we're better than him. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> I'm not even going to, like, race that with a response. That is just pure prejudice. <laughs> Yikes. Um. <laughs> so, so many of the arguments against Ron- I'm already breaking character, <laughs> like, five minutes in. So many of the arguments against Ron are, he's poor, and, like, he he complains about being poor, he doesn't like being poor, and I'm like, what? Is, is that a personality That's- flaw? What the hell? Like... Isn't that just describing the situation? Yeah, like, of course he would complain about being poor every now and then. It's it's not a great situation to be in, but I have a point here. Even though Ron is poor, and he hasn't had as much as Harry and Hermione in turn, well, obviously Harry's had hard times, but he does have his riches, and he has a lot of support from a big network of people, not the Dursleys, but other people. Anyway, we're talking about Ron. <laughs> Even though Ron is poor, <laughs> this is the problem. Even though Ron is poor, he shares... Like, almost everything that he has. Like, he shares his room with Harry, mm-hmm. he shares his suites with Harry, he shares all of his belongings with Harry, he shares his knowledge with Harry, and all that sort of stuff. He's nev- he's very generous in that way. And, like, that's that's a really good quality. If it, like, you'd think for someone who doesn't have much, they'd be kind of, like, have a strange sort of ownership over what they do have and not, wanna, not want anyone else to, you know, take it from them. But, no, he's always been a sharing and generous person. So... Get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about some good things, good friend things that Ron does in year one. Okay. He gets over Harry's fame pretty quickly. Like, obviously, when he first meets Harry, he's like, whoa, like, you're Harry Potter. Can I see your scar? Wicked. But then he gets over it pretty quickly because he realizes that Harry's just sort of like a similar boy to him. And and Harry doesn't know as much about his past and about the Wizarding World as he does. So Ron Mm -hmm. becomes quite a good guide for Harry. He doesn't, like... He isn't, like, um, in awe of him all the time, like a Colin Creevy kind of character, which is yeah. great, because Harry needs that sort of, that companionship that he's never really had. Mm-hmm. When Harry is threatened by Malfoy to have a midnight duel, Ron instantly says, I'll be his second, which is, like, even though it's, like, a duel against Malfoy, who they don't expect to do much, that's still a bit of a sacrifice, because if Harry dies, that means Ron has to take his place. <laughs> so that's, like, pretty brave. Yeah, Ron is still fucking stepping up. He's ready to die. <laughs> they're all so clever. They're all so cute. They think they're going to die. Oh, they have... Honey, there's a big storm coming. <laughs> <laughs> he helped to rescue Hermione from the troll, even though he didn't He didn't like her at the time. Uh, it was his thoughtless and rude comments towards her that led to yes. her being attacked by the troll in the first place. That and them driving the troll in. But, like, the only reason she was alone is because she was crying her eyes out over what Ron said about her. Yeah. Rude. Bad friend. Thoughtless and cruel. I will point out at that point that Ron wasn't Hermione's friend, so (laughs) technically he was just being a bad person. (laughs) But yes, thoughtless and cruel, you're right, that was thoughtless of him to do. He didn't put much thought into his words because he was- Bad people make bad friends. He didn't put much thought into his words because he was reacting emotionally because 
Hermione kept on showing him up in class and bossing him around and he felt quite jealous and quite defensive about it. And so he made some bad comments. And as mm. soon as Hermione, he realized that Hermione had heard him, he had a moment of recognition of, oh, that was a bad thing. And he did make up for it later because he did go to save her, even though he didn't like her, and he became good friends with her. And for years after that, he always was to the defense of Hermione whenever anyone criticized her for being a know-it-all or for being too smart and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's that's a good yeah. friend. That's a, like, you know, he made a mistake and he was a bit of a shit to begin with towards Hermione, but, you know, he grew up. <laughs> But would have been a bad friend is if he'd made fun of Hermione, she'd run away, and he hadn't tried to rescue her, and he hadn't tried to make amends with her. Mm, if he'd gloated about it. Yeah. And my last thing I have for the first year, that a good thing that Ron did, is everything about going down into the trapdoor and helping Harry, even though that was a huge sacrifice and against the rules and he could have been expelled and that sort of stuff, but especially how he sacrificed mm. himself and with his chess to, so that they could both go forward. But with that going through the trapdoor into the devil's snare thing, in the movie, Ron is such a nightmare in that scene. He can't follow basic instructions. He panics and he's like screaming and Hermione has to save him. And then after she saves him, he tries to bluff his way out of it. He was like, oh, lucky you did panic. And Harry has to call him on his bullshit and be like, lucky Hermione pays attention in herbology. Okay, well, that's movie Ron. <laughs> so in the book... <laughs> Ron does panic. He does freak out because he thinks this plant's eating him. And so he doesn't hear Harry and Hermione telling him to calm down. But because Hermione is like out of the devil's snare, she steps into it and steps quickly out. She's trying to cast a fire and she's like, there's no wood. And Ron quickly reminds her that she's a witch (laughs) and she can just cast a fire. Yeah. (laughs) She forgets that she's not a muggle and doesn't have to physically make a fire with wood and flame. Yeah. And then once they're all saved out of it, I mean, these are just three 11 year olds that have just come very close to a near that, near that experience. Ron lightens the situation by being like, no wood, honestly. <laughs> so he lightens the mood a bit because that was a very scary time. <laughs> that was, that was stressful. Mm. Uh, the only other thing that I have for Ron in year one is just how insecure he is. Right. Like, when Harry and him go and see the Mirror of Erised, and his heart's desire is to be better than everyone else in his family, that's so petty. (laughs) Like, when you love someone, you should celebrate their achievements. Like, you're so great, you're a boss bitch doing stuff, and every time you do something, I'm like, God, I'm so proud of her. She's doing so well. Yeah. I'm not like, I have to defeat my sister in battle. (laughs) Okay, but, like, Ron was 11. So he was an actual <laughs> child. When I was 11, I was jealous of you and I wanted to do better than you because <gasps> I did. You bitch. <laughs> I know. It's so petty of me because, of course, you were so similar to me. We had similar interests and similar strengths. And so because you were four years ahead of me, you were always going to be better than me. <laughs> so I did feel a little bit like, oh, I just, I just want to prove myself, you know, I, like I've got a lot to live up to. So I understood that. And that's, Ron's got that times six, no, sorry, times five, because <laughs> he's the sixth girl. Mm. So, of course, he has that feeling and that weight upon him because of his family pressures. That's not doesn't make him a bad person. When it comes down to it, choosing between glory and choosing between loyalty to his friends, Ron chose loyalty to his friends every time. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Possible I don't understand this mindset. It's the younger sibling mindset, and I'm the eldest and mm-hmm. superior sibling. Yeah, it's it's not like it's not a pettiness. It's just a little bit of a jealousy thing that you grow out of because 
you know, you realize that your family doesn't care if you're exactly like your sibling or not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Ron's capable of change and growth. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's just an insane statement. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and argue with that. That's, that is just insane. All right, next. Yeah. <laughs> How about when he stole his dad's car? Nice one, Ron. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make him a bad son. Friend, that makes him a bad son. <laughs> bad sons make bad friends. <laughs> That's not an argument. <laughs> That's true. I just think it was a dick move. Yeah, I'm not arguing that that was... I wouldn't say it was a dick move. I think it was a dumb boy move. Because he panicked, and so did Harry. Harry was a part of this too. They both panicked, and instead of thinking, let's wait until the Mr. and Mrs. Weasley come back through the, the wall and we can figure out a way to get me there, they panicked and went, let's go to the flying car <laughs> and fly to Hogwarts. <laughs> I think that was a dumb 12-year-old like thought process and not necessarily a bad friend move. Ron was actually a very good friend in the flying car because he was determined to get them both to school. He came up with a plan. He responsibly flew the car and in the movie i'm not sure if this is in the book as well but in the movie he literally saved harry's life harry was about to fall out of the car and ron grabbed his hand and pulled him back up so but his hands were too sweaty <laughs> oh no hands sweaty mum's spaghetti that means you're a bad friend <laughs> sorry that his hands are sweating when he's trying to save his friend's life it's a high risk situation <laughs> and drive a car at the same time mm-hmm. at age 12 yeah that's a great scene <laughs> I also want to point out, going back further, Ron didn't hear from Harry all summer, and so he came to rescue him from Privet Drive, because Ron, like, knew a bit about the Dursleys from what Harry had said. And so rather than just relying that, well, Harry's probably okay, he just probably isn't talking to us, rather than being angry about that, he just came with his brothers to see what was going on to see if Harry was okay, and they did a full-on rescue mission, which is a good friend. Another example of Ron stealing the car. He's basically a criminal. Criminals can still be good friends. <laughs> <laughs> I've basically got no rebuttal against Ron was the only person who ever in Harry's life actively came and rescued him from a situation where he was being abused by his guardians. Nobody else ever did that. Yeah. Like, nothing to do with, like, ulterior motives. Just because Ron loved him. Nobody else did that. Ron didn't go there to confront Harry and be like, why didn't you write to me all summer? Like, that's such a dick move. He went there to be like, are you all right? Like, what's going on? (laughs) But Harry could have been getting phone calls that whole summer, except Ron fucked it up by screaming into the phone. That's not a bad friend, though. That's him not knowing how to use a phone properly because he comes from a listening family. Yeah. (laughs) But it was stupid and annoying, and that's a reason that people hate Ron. Stupid and annoying, that is comedy gold. That's one of the best moments in the entire series. That's true. I do have a phone case with Ron screaming into a phone on the back of it. It's so funny. Exactly. Um, also in second year, when Hermione was um, insulted by Malfoy, he was, Malfoy called her a racial slur. Ron attempted to hex him, although the hex backfired because it's faulty Ron. But he was ready to like stand up for his friends and just basically talk shit, get hit. <laughs> Violence isn't the answer, Ron. Maybe you shouldn't try and solve all your problems with your fist. Use your words. Okay, would words have been effective against Malfoy? <laughs> no. Malfoy needs a good smack in the face. Yeah, I love the opinion that if a Nazi insults your friend, you should punch that Nazi. <laughs> That's just my opinion. I'm not going to argue again. <laughs> that seems like a sound course. 
Yeah, so that's essentially what happened there. Mm. <laughs> I don't have any other evidence from movie two, book two. Uh, book two, I have that he also took part in the Polyjuice Potion Plan, knowing that they could get expelled doing that. It was a dangerous thing to do, but he did it out of loyalty for his friends and to, for wanting to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. The Forbidden Forest. Ron was terrified at the thought of going to the Forbidden Forest, following those spiders, his greatest fear, into the Forbidden Forest. But he <laughs> did it because he had to go with Harry and he had to support his friend. And also just everything about the Chamber of Secrets. He went down there with Harry and supported him and was loyal to him and tried to do anything he could to help Harry and to save his sister as well. Mm-hmm. So that's being a good friend. Honestly, Ron confronting his greatest fear at age 12 mm-hmm. is so undervalued. It is. And, like, it's not like he got over it. Because, like, Harry fears Dementors, but he learns how to confront Dementors and protect himself from them. Yeah. Ron doesn't. Ron's still terrified of spiders. Yeah. He doesn't, like, get over that fear. It's still his worst fear, and he does it anyway. Yeah. It's played for laughs a bit in the movie, where he's like, Harry, like, like he's freaking out there. <laughs> but, like, in the books, he's just a scr- Excellent performance it's, by Rupert It's Green. great. <laughs> I guess they had to make it a bit comedic because it was a very scary time. And a lot of people watching that are terrified of spiders. They would be scared. Yeah. I think in the book, Ron's described as just being very still and just can't even speak. Like, he's he's too much in shock and fear. Yeah, I don't think he speaks until they're fully out of the spider's nest. No, he's just freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a mood. <laughs> that's a good friend <laughs> to do that. Look, that's fair. Okay. Should we move on to year three? Yeah. Because he doesn't do anything else bad. Yeah, (laughs) come at me. So year three. (laughs) Throughout year three, Ron shows a lot of concern for Hermione. He's really worried that she's got too much work on her shoulders, that she's doing too many subjects, and that she looks exhausted and, like, frantic all the time. And he's showing a lot of, like, concern for her emotional well-being, which is the sign of a good friend. That's true, because, like, Harry notices that Hermione's stressed and exhausted, Mm. but he doesn't actually do anything about it. Ron's trying to figure out what's going on with her. Yeah. Harry isn't. No, Harry's got his own dramas to deal with, as usual. (laughs) Stop talking about Harry. This is Ron's episode. Exactly. Also, Ron helped Hagrid with Buckbeak's appeal and went down to see him when Buckbeak was going to be executed. That's a good friend. Yeah, he completely took over the prep for Buckbeak's appeal. Did he? Yeah. Like, he did all of the research and stuff, even though that's not one of his strong points. Yeah, exactly. How about this, though? <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, when Snape belittles Hermione in class, he calls her an insufferable know-it-all, and Ron's like, he's right, that's you know. That's the movie, Ron. <laughs> Wait a side with Snape. <laughs> that's the movie, Ron. That is the movie, In Ron. the book, Ron's like, he says to Snape, well, if you ask a question and she answers it, why even ask the question then? And he loses, like, ten points from Gryffindor for talking back. He gets detention. He gets detention, yeah. He comes to the fence of his friend and he gets detention for it. But he still does it anyway because it was wrong of Snape to do that and he is loyal to his friend. That line does say, though, Ron, who called Hermione a know-it-all at least once a week, jumped up to her defense. So he does still insult her. No, that's not insulting. I tease my friends all the time, but I'm not insulting them. (laughs) It's a compliment. Maybe you're a bad friend. It's friendly bullying. (laughs) Yeah, that's not the same. That's like calling a friend a nerd, and then if like a teacher or if a bully calls them a nerd, that's a different scenario. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I will say the third movie gave us a lot of things, and it is up there with one of my favourite movies, but it did a real disservice to Ron. Third movie Ron is the worst Ron that we see in the movies. 
his best lines get taken away from him. Everything that he says or does is either whining, angry, or scared. <laughs> I think there's one line where it's just like a casual in like question, but then the rest are just like <laughs> the worst. That's true. We're gonna have to do a full analysis of movie Ron at some point, but that's not supporting my argument today, so today I'm just gonna continue <laughs> saying it like it's real. The biggest disservice that the third movie does to Ron is it takes away his best line, if you want to kill Harry, you'll have to kill us first, which Ron says to Sirius Black, well, says. So Sirius Black is about to threaten Harry, according to the eyes of Harry Ron Hermione. Ron gets up on his <laughs> broken ankle, stands in front of Harry yeah. and says, if you want to kill Harry, you'll have to kill us first, to a convicted murderer, who he believes is a convicted murderer, who's been stalking his friend. And he's wandless at the time as well. He's just doing it as like a human shield act, basically. Yeah. And that that line in the movie is given to Hermione instead. Yeah. So in the movie, Hermione does that. Yeah. And uh, Ron sits on the bed, babbling nonsense <laughs> and being scared. Yes. <laughs> That's like, it. Just this idiot coward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except one of my favorite exchanges in that movie where Sirius like pointing to Ron's like pedigree is right there and Ron's like me that's mental no not you <laughs> <laughs> like what? yeah Ron you idiot obviously you <laughs> he's just God. an idiot that whole scene is really funny to me like it's a, it's a great scene it's just funny to watch it when like you know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> but Ron was a bad friend that year he ignores Hermione for months like, he knows Hermione's going through a rough time, but because her cat attacked his rat, he doesn't even like Scabbers, but because Scabbers is dead, he, like, turns on Hermione, won't talk to her, is really mean. That's a bad friend move. Okay. First of all, he does like Scabbers. He acts like he doesn't like him and abuses him around him a little bit, but he does really like Scabbers. It's his only pet. It's his pet. It's his thing. Uh, lying. He's lying to everyone. Oh my god. Another trait of a good friend. Second of all, <laughs> yes, Ron does ignore Hermione for long periods of time throughout this book because he's angry at her. Harry also does the same, I will say, because of the whole Firebolt incident. It's a difficult situation because Ron firmly believes that Crookshanks has killed his pet. Now, how would you feel if you'd had this pet forever and it was your thing? Like, sure, it was your brother um, Percy's beforehand. But now it's it's your pet, and it's your pet only. And it's the one thing that you have in this situation where you don't really have many things to your own. And it's like a companion for you. You sleep with it as well. You love this pet. <laughs> and then, you know, your, your best friend gets a cat, which, first of all, you don't like the cat. It's a cat that attacks you when it first meets you. <laughs> and second of all, it eats your pet. You firmly believe that it has murdered your friend. You feel pretty mad. <laughs> So it's understandable that Ron is kind of pissed off about that. Is it? Does it excuse months-long grudges at one of his closest friends? Maybe not, but remember he is 13 at this time. Yeah, I think this 13-year-old should have had the emotional maturity to get over the death of his pet immediately and place his anger where it rightfully should have been with the cat and not with the owner of the cat because owners can't be expected to control their pets. No. <laughs> That's not a realistic assumption. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I agree to disagree. My opinions are valid. Unless we forget, Ron and Hermione do make up because Ron is a good friend and even though their relationship can go through ups and downs, they always make up at the end because 
Ron knows what's important in the end. Shall we move on to year four? Yes, I've got something good for this year. I know you do. Okay, so year four. <laughs> Ron invited Harry and Hermione to the Quidditch World Cup. He didn't have to do that, you know? Like, his family was... He was going with his huge family. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for them because they'd been given cheaper tickets and that sort of stuff. But, you know, he, he chose to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he chose to invite them. Ron was also very protective of Hermione during the attack on the Quidditch World Cup because Ron recognised the biggest scenario at hand here that, like, these were kind of Voldemort supporters, they were muggle-baiting and torturing muggles. And there was that moment where Malfoy made a comment about how Hermione should be, like, hiding and shouldn't be out in the open. And Ron got very protective of her and was like, we should get out of here, because, like, he doesn't want his friend to be tortured. Mm-hmm. Ron also helps Harry prepare for the third task. So Harry casts Stupefy at Ron, like, several times, <laughs> knocking him out. Oh. <laughs> oh, we skipping ahead to the third task, are we? Y- yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Ron is a bad friend in the beginning of that book. <laughs> when Harry's name comes out of the uh, Triwizard Cup and Ron just turns on him. Like, he's always resented Harry's fame and his wealth and that bitterness overwhelms him. Harry is having such a hard time and Ron is just like, he doesn't believe him, he's mean to him, he won't talk to him, right when Harry needs that support of his best friend. Bad friend. Ron is bad. He's not a bad friend, he just made a bad decision. Harry came up after the results were out and he was a trial wizard champion. He came back up to the dormitory after there's been a big party thrown for him. And Ron is like, wow, like how'd you do it? How'd you get your name in? And Harry's like, I didn't put my name in. And Ron doesn't believe him. No one else believes him either, except for Hermione. Mm -hmm. Because Hermione, like, she realises that people would want to kill Harry. And that a a Triwizard Tournament is a thing where people have been killed in the past, because she knows that, because she's researched it. Yeah. Ron doesn't, because he doesn't think. (laughs) Well, then neither does anyone else in Hogwarts, except for maybe the teachers. But anyway, none of the other students, then. (laughs) I'll happily make that claim. Everyone at Hogwarts is dumb. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, So Ron is more so annoyed that Harry would lie to him because it seems like a huge betrayal of trust because Harry had had mentioned earlier on that day that maybe it would be a cool idea to put his name in. And Ron is like talking about that, like, well, how did you do it? You use the cloak Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And Harry instantly gets defensive and says, no, it wouldn't have worked because I wouldn't have been able to go to the age line. And Ron sees that as Harry attacking him for being stupid about it. But really, Harry's just had a long day and a very confusing day and he's getting a bit snappy and angry. And Ron takes this the whole wrong way. And so that's how it all starts. <laughs> it's not because Ron's mm. angry at Harry. It's because he's angry at Harry because he believes that Harry's lied to him and is not confiding in his closest friend. And that's a huge betrayal for Ron. Mm-hmm. So yes, he does some bad things. But then as soon as the first task is over, he knows that Harry yeah. couldn't have put his name in and he believes Harry and supports Harry from then on. So he apologizes to Harry. <laughs> So you're saying that whole fight is less about Ron being jealous of Harry and more about Ron being upset that Harry did something so huge without involving Ron like he usually does because they're best friends. It's a little from column A and a little from column B. But what's important is that he forgives Harry. Or Harry forgives him. They have this huge fallout and they don't and they don't talk for a long time and they're really anim- they've got a lot of animosity towards each other and they both get over it because they're good friends. <laughs> they move past it. That's true. Mm. And 
for like ages afterwards, Ron's basically trying to be like extra nice and extra helpful because he knows that he was in the wrong. Yeah. He's trying to make up for it. Exactly. And can I just point out too, that when Harry returned from the graveyard and told the story about how Voldemort has returned and he killed Cedric Diggory and you saw it happen and he dueled him and all this sort of stuff, Ron believed him. He believed his story about all of this. So Ron learned his lesson. He learned his lesson. Believe Harry when Harry says something. And I just would like to point out again, I got kind of cut off before, but the whole p- training for the third task thing, Harry cast Stupefied Ron probably like three dozen times, just basically knocking him out and <laughs> knocking the wind out of him for like a whole afternoon. And Ron was putting up with that <laughs> happily because he wanted to help his friend practice. Yeah. <laughs> Ron and Hermione actually mm. didn't study for exams that year. Yeah. Because they were so busy helping Harry. Yeah. Ron also allowed himself to be used in the second task as Harry's, I guess, uh, victim to save. <laughs> That's the thing that Harry would miss the most. <laughs> exactly. He's he's as wheezy. He's the thing that Harry misses the most because he's the best friend. Yeah. And like... Uh, according to Dumbledore... Ron was happy to do that. <laughs> Dumbledore just shifts Harry and Ron. That's just the way it is. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Forget about Harry for a minute. What about Ron getting mad at Hermione for going to the Yule Ball with Crumb? Like, yeah, all okay. she wanted to do was have a nice time. Ron, okay. first of all, he's so insulting. He asks her out as a last resort. He gets all jealous and keeps hassling her about who she's going with. Mm-hmm. He's rude to his date and petulant about it all night. And then as soon as the Yule Ball's over, he starts a huge screaming match with her in the common room. Yep. He accuses her of Fraternizing with the enemy implies that the only reason anyone would be interested in her is to get close to Harry, an odd thing to say, mm. and says that she's shallow and only interested in Crumb because Crumb's famous, which is utter hypocrisy because Ron was the one who was fanboying over Crumb okay. <laughs> until that point. Okay, yeah, this is a huge deficit for Ron because this is where Ron is suffering from <laughs> teenage boy syndrome. <laughs> because he's jealous and Hermione went to the ball without him and he feels jealous by that and horrible by that. And so, yeah, I can't really defend Ron in this scenario. He's Mm -hmm. a shit all night. (laughs) And he doesn't do good by Hermione. That is an example of him being a bad friend. That is him being a bad friend. But that's not his constant state of being. That's just a time when he fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) So... So one point for me so far. That's the only one you haven't been able to counter. Yeah, I can't counter that. There's no way to defend that, really. Hermione did nothing wrong by the books. So yeah, <laughs> shall we move on to year five? <laughs> yes, year five. Harry is going through a real tough time and lashing out at his friends on the regular, and Ron is putting up with it consistently and being very patient with Harry. And that's a lot to deal with. <laughs> He's being a good friend throughout the whole year. He consistently believes Harry about everything that Harry says. He defends him um, when other people in the common room and in the school like start going after Harry. He basically says, has anyone else got a problem with Harry? Because like, I believe him and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. He defended Harry against Zachariah Smith in the Hogshead too. When Zachariah Smith started doubting his story, he's just like, shut up, thickhead. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fifth movie, Ron, is the best movie, Ron. It's a good movie, Ron. Yeah, it's really good. There's reasons for that, but we won't get into that at the moment. I'd like to mention, uh, when Ron heard that Harry had possessed the snake that attacked his father, he wasn't angry at Harry. And which he has a justification for being so, because like, imagine being in Ron's shoes and hearing that your friend had a dream where he was possessing a snake and that snake ended up nearly killing your dad. You'd feel like 
pretty angry about that, maybe. But he isn't. He's just worried for his friend. And Yeah, that would be a legitimate reason. Yeah, but when he first hears about this, he's not angry at him. He's just worried for his friend and he just wants to talk it out with him. Like, he just wants to make sure that Harry's okay. So that's that's a really good, that's a big man, like, move. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> big man move. That's good. And he was involved in, you know, the Dumbledore's army and the plan to save Sirius from the, the ministry. So, and that whole battle in the ministry too. That's a lot of bravery and loyalty there. Mm-hmm. So, good friend material. Everything that Ron ever achieves is by riding on Harry Hermione's coattails. So he never actually gets anything done on his own. <sighs> they are the exceptional ones. and They drag him with them. So, in this book, Ron only gets good at Quidditch because of Harry's quick thinking. And also, he's easily tricked because Harry tricks him with the potion. Well, I don't understand how this makes him a bad friend. <laughs> like, I don't see how this correlates to him being a bad friend towards Harry or Hermione. I don't know. I guess it's more of an argument for him being a bad character than a bad friend. I guess if you want to argue that Ron's like a, a poor character and just not really interesting or easy to manipulate, then sure. Unlikable. Unlikable. Then, okay, I guess you can say that, but this doesn't make him a bad friend. <laughs> like, But I don't agree with that anyway. Okay. He's- well, some of my arguments are just that he's an unlikable character because most of my research I got from like blogs and websites of people who don't like him. <laughs> I think he's a very likable character, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I will go into that at the end because I have like just general points about why Ron is great and a good friend and you should value him. Okay. Okay. This is... So do you have anything else about book five? Yeah. Isn't this also the movie where we get that line that he has the emotional range of a teaspoon? Yes. (laughs) So uh, he's emotionally stunted. (laughs) He's not emotionally stunted because Hermione says he has the emotional range of a teaspoon. She's berating him, but she's jokingly berating him. (laughs) She's not, like, psychologically classifying him as emotionally stunted. (laughs) She's making fun of him because of one thing that he said, which wasn't that bright. It wasn't that bright. And because, like, they're talking about relationships between teenage boys and teenage girls, and on both sides of the argument... Teenage boys can be ignorant about what teenage girls are thinking, and teenage girls can be ignorant about what teenage boys are thinking. That's just natural for 15-year-olds. <laughs> so, yeah. So this isn't, like, an assessment of his character. This is, like, Hermione being like, God, no. God you're such an idiot. Just think about this. <laughs> She's not like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, Ron, you're mentally deficient. <laughs> 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 Which is what a lot of people seem to have interpreted that line as. Wow. Wow. It was a throwaway joke, guys. <laughs> Calm down. It's later looked upon in that same movie when Harry's having his little exorcism with Voldemort as like a happy memory for him because his friends are all joking around and making fun of each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it breaks the curse upon him. So I wouldn't really classify that as like a moment of denigration for Ron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So not in the movie because I'm drawing from the movies a lot. Uh, but in the book, Ron, fuck, in that final battle, he is bumbling around, fucking everything up. Like, he's an idiot. He was the victim of a confundus charm. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's just because he's an idiot. No. <laughs> he's making life difficult for Harry. Like, he nearly gets everyone killed. Because he summons those brains. Yeah, but that's because he got hit with a bad confundus charm. It wasn't because he was just dumb. <laughs> Well, Hermione didn't get hit by a confundus. 
Hermione's a better friend than Ron. Hermione got hit with some weird spell that knocked her out. It was like blue flames or something, right? No, she got hit by something and she was unconscious and they didn't know what happened to her. So Hermione wasn't very useful in that battle either, <laughs> if you're looking at it that way. Yeah, but at least she wasn't actively hurting them. <laughs> uh, I, I've already argued against that. There's no point in me going further. <laughs> Anything else for year five? No, I've got more stuff for year six. Okay, year six. Ron remained at Harry's side even when he found out that Harry was the chosen one, uh, which is good. And mm-hmm. he lends his potion book to Harry when ha- uh, Snape tries to confiscate Harry's Half-Blood Prince book. And that's how the whole Ronald Waslib situation like, comes forth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> A great moment. He also fought Death Eaters during the Battle of the Astronomy Tower. When Dumbledore was killed, there was a bunch of Death Eaters running throughout the school. Ron was bravely you know, fighting for his friends. So that's good. Uh, Ron starts out that year by slut-shaming Ginny. <laughs> so he's a bad, not friend, he's a bad brother. <laughs> okay. Ginny. If Ron's slut-shaming Ginny, then so is Fred and George as well. Are they? I don't remember Fred and George yelling at her, being angry when they see her kissing Dean. They don't yell at her, but they get they get kind of weirdly protective of her and they say, oh, she's been dating around a lot, hasn't she? And all this sort of stuff. I think that's more of an older brother thing than a slut-shaming thing. <laughs> It's more of like a protective older brother thing, which does come from a weird sort of paternalistic like idea, but it's not slut shaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what's interesting there is that Ginny's like, you're just jealous because you've never been snogged. And then Ron goes all quiet and angry. Yeah, well, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, called out. Yeah, look, I agree she did come for it. <laughs> so, sure, I mean... So would 95% of people. If someone instantly went for their biggest insecurity, I think I lash out too. <laughs> That's like a natural reaction. Yeah, Ginny's a boss. She doesn't take any shit. <laughs> no, she goes straight to the source. Ron's like, don't do that. And Ginny's like, yo, what if I rip your heart out through your chest? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's great. But back to Ron being a hypocrite. <laughs> so after he has this big problem with Ginny, then he starts dating Lavender. And when he's dating Lavender, he is a nightmare for many reasons. Mm-hmm. But he's a bad friend to Hermione by driving her away. And he's also a bad friend to Harry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Harry and Pavardi actually have to become friends because the other two are so busy sucking on each other's faces. <laughs> yeah, okay. I... <laughs> This makes Ron a gross friend, I guess, because <laughs> it's his first time in a relationship and he's just running on hormones, I guess, for a while. And so <laughs> this does make him a bit shitty for a while. I will say um, his behavior towards Hermione is quite bad. Uh, like when he mocks her in class, that's really upsetting. Yeah. That is after she attacked him with birds, so I can see why he needs to be pretty pissed at her. But... Yeah, this is a tough one for Ron because, I mean, he does get over Lavender. He doesn't, like, particularly attach to her. And so he moves on after a while and... Yeah, and that's not good either. What happens is he gets bored with her and starts finding her annoying. He does. So he just pretends to be unconscious instead of breaking up with her. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Good move, Ron. It's not good (laughs) behaviour. Let's just put it like that. (laughs) It's a, it's a disservice to Lavender. It's being a bad friend to Hermione and Harry for a while. Yeah, this isn't a great time. I can't, like, I'm finding it difficult to defend Ron about this. For the most part, he's not doing these things out of malicious intent towards anyone. He's doing these things because he's actually like, 
having a good time in the beginning anyway. But yeah, he handles it poorly because he's inexperienced in having relationships. So romantic relationships. So I can understand why he handles his first one kind of. He does. That's fair. Yeah, he handles this whole situation poorly. Everyone's had a bad teenage relationship. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Yeah. I think the best way to defend Ron here is actually to attack Hermione, which usually... I don't like to defend someone by attacking others, except I do it all the time, so <laughs> never mind. But Hermione also acts terribly. She, she is very condescending towards Lavender. She's not a good, supportive feminist towards Lavender. <laughs> she calls her a bimbo. She. She belittles her and, like, ignores her and is very um, shallow towards Lavender, I think. And she also tries to get back at Ron by dating Cormac, which is a bad thing to do. You shouldn't just date someone to get back at someone else. That's very shitty. Yeah. Faking a romantic interest in someone to drive somebody else crazy is just a terrible thing to do. Yeah. She also physically attacks them with birds. She does. That's not good. Yeah. But I, I, because I'm a good lawyer, I don't like to construct my arguments by uh, attacking someone else. I like to. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's a good defense to be like, both of them are young. And at They're not handling the situation well. Yeah. And it's not because Ron's a bad person. It's because, like, they're inexperienced and they're both idiots. Yeah, that is a good point. Especially in this movie. Harry's always going to Hermione for emotional support. Mm-hmm. Like, she's she's so great. She does it all. She's rational. She's logical. She's good at everything. And she has great people skills. She always <laughs> supports Harry and she helps him work through his problems. She's always, like, hugging him, standing next to him and dancing with him. Ron never does any of that, like, emotional support. I'm Harry's best friend and who he spends most of his time with. Mm. Ron doesn't do that. Ron's busy standing behind Harry and Hermione in complete shadow. That's what he needs to do at this time. Yeah. There's a real disservice to Ron in the movies in that way. (laughs) I think it's, I don't know why they chose to do that in terms of like how it was portrayed on screen. Maybe it was because the directors started to feel that maybe Rupert Grint wasn't as strong an acting presence as Emma. And so they tried to push. No, I know exactly why it was. Oh, why was it? So I don't know the names because I'm terrible with names, but there was a writer who wrote uh, seven out of eight of the Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. and he loved Hermione. Hermione was his favorite character. Okay. And through a lot of his influence and also some directorial choices, and there were others contributing to this, they started taking moments away from Ron and giving them to Hermione to make Hermione better. Okay. And then that ended up making Ron worse. And also... He was a huge Harry and Hermione shipper. Harmony shipper. I could feel that. <laughs> what do you yeah, yeah, he really wanted them to get together, which you can tell. And I personally think that's also what influenced J.K. Rowling to later say that uh, Hermione and Ron shouldn't have got together. It's because she's been so strongly influenced by the presentation of them in the movies. Mm-hmm. So how you can really tell this is true is that he didn't write the fifth movie. The fifth movie treats Ron the best out of all the other movies. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that happened is because either the sixth or seventh book had just come out and it was like 100% confirmed Ron and Hermione, they are the couple, they're going to get together. And yeah. he basically threw a tantrum and said that he didn't want to write the fifth movie and he quit because his ship didn't get together. Wow. And then that movie came out and did a really good job portraying Ron mm-hmm. and he's like, nope, gotta get back into the movies and then he came back for the sixth movie and the sixth movie 
trashes Ron. Yeah. And really strongly pushes Harry and Hermione. So that's where a lot of this is coming from. Wow. I never knew that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Now that I look back on it, there is so much... I don't know, uh, pushing in the movies for a Hermione and Harry relationship, which, yeah. like, I never sort of clicked with. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, Hermione, Hermione and Harry are just best friends. Well, not best friends, <laughs> but, like, good friends. Like, even, like, the dancing scene in, in uh, Seven Part One, I always see that as, like, just friends helping each other out. <laughs> I'm, like, so <laughs> brainwashed. I'm like, yeah, they're friends. <laughs> No, yeah, that was definitely supposed to be a romantic thing. Like, the director and this writer and some other people have said, like, the thing about that moment where they dance is, like, uh, Hermione has a choice at that moment, and Hermione could choose Harry. There's this spark, there's something that could happen, this potential between them. But ultimately she chooses to stay loyal to Ron, and that's why Hermione's so great. And, like, the way you interpret these characters is so frustrating. It's just wrong. Also, why doesn't Harry have any agency? Like, obviously, Harry's just so in love with Hermione. Yeah, he's not. Fuck off. It's just strange. Like, I always just saw that as, like, Hermione's so depressed, and Harry just is Harry and so loving and caring. He just tries to cheer her up for a bit. And so he dances like a goofball and helps, yeah. like, you know. And he does cheer her up for a bit. He takes her mind off and all for a bit. But then she goes back to being depressed again because it's a sad movie and it makes me sad. <laughs> Yeah, they're just trying to cheer each other up, but they, they're still stuck in the situation. But anyway, back to Ron. <laughs> yeah, anyway, anyway, I would really like to do at some point, like, yeah. a full analysis of what happened in the movies and why some characters <laughs> are treated really differently by the story, especially Ron and also Ginny as well. <gasps> Ginny! Oh my god, is that why movie Ginny is the way she is? Yep. One of the reasons. Wow. Yeah. Oh, this is shattering. Oh my yeah. god. So this is like, this is my brief half-remembered what I've read about it before. At some point, yeah, I want to do like a fully researched episode and really get into it. Wow. Uh, look forward to that at some point in the future, listeners. Right, okay. All right, uh, should we talk about Ron in year seven? Yes. <laughs> Time to put on my Ron-hating hat again, back in character. Ron sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ron is a participant in the Battle of the Seven Potters. He puts his life at risk in order to pretend to be Harry and go into the sky and fight Death Eaters. And he does a good job doing that too. So he's like, that's really brave of him. Uh, the whole thing with uh, lying to his family about what he's really doing and like making the ghoul look like him to in order to show that he's committed to this, he's loyal to Harry and he wants to do anything he can to help him. And he's putting to pull his life at risk for that. After Hedwig's death, he comforted Harry. And he was one of the only people to do that. Because uh, of the whole madness of it all, losing Moody and Fred's ear, it was a bit of a hectic time, but Harry was still feeling quite bad about Hedwig, and Ron comforted him for that. Yeah. Yeah. Ron also suggested that he would claim Hermione was his cousin to protect her from the crash down on Muggleborns from the Ministry. So that was like an instant reaction for him. He's like, oh, I'll just say that Hermione's my cousin, we can change her hair colour a bit to make her look like a ranger. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll protect her. Direct quote. <laughs> yeah, direct quote. So that's really, that's really nice. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. The whole thing with the, the mission at the ministry, you know, going undercover, risking his life again. Okay. <laughs> now we get to the bad times. <laughs> but shall I say? Yes, my turn. There you go. Go ahead. Ron abandons Harry and Hermione during the search for Horcruxes. Yeah, all right. He can't hack camping. <laughs> like, 
He's so caught up in his own petty jealousy that he abandons his two best friends in the middle of a war zone right when they need him most. Like, Ron is literally one of three people who know about the Horcruxes, and he's like, nah, forget about, like, the literal fate of the wizarding world. I'm hungry, and my arm's sore, and this is taking too long. And he just fucks off and leaves them for months. That's unforgivable. (sighs) H-O-R-C-R-U-X. Horcrux. (laughs) That's the reason why Ron was feeling so (laughs) shitty and being so shitty that whole time, because that Horcrux affected him in ways that it didn't affect Hermione and Harry. And that's interesting. We were talking more about Horcruxes. But the Horcrux just amplifies what you're already feeling. Yeah, well, it amplifies what you're feeling negatively. <laughs> so they were all affected by the Horcrux in different ways. Hermione got very sad and depressed. Harry got, like, agitated and irritated at himself. Ron got agitated and irritated at everyone else because he felt like they weren't getting anywhere and he, and he thought that they had a plan and all this sort of stuff and because he was injured and because they, were, they weren't getting anywhere. They were just in a bog of confusion just moving around from campsite to campsite. It was a very useless feeling and time. So that's fair. Uh, the way he acted wasn't fair. But then, if you remember, as soon as he left, as soon as he got out of the range of that Horcrux, he wanted to come back, but he couldn't because he was captured by Snatchers. And then he tried to find them again, but because they kept on moving, he couldn't get to them, and he splinched himself trying. He was desperate to try and find them, but he couldn't do it. So... I'm, yeah. It's not Ron being a bad friend. It's Ron being under the influence of a cursed object <laughs> and acting <laughs> badly, and then instantly regretting it and instantly being like, "I fucked up so bad," but he couldn't. He couldn't do anything about it until he escaped and until he had the ability to find them again. It is very telling that the second he gets out of the influence of the Horcrux, one of the most <laughs> evil objects to exist, yeah, he wants to go back. It's not like he takes a moment to calm down. Like, the second he's out of range, he's like, oh, fuck, that was... I shouldn't have acted like that. And he tries to go back, but he can't. Exactly. That is not the sign of a bad friend at all. And then when he does come back, he rescues Harry from drowning and destroys the Horcrux that had been so affecting him so badly, even though it was trying to manipulate him to kill Harry. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's a very powerful time and a very good friend move. Have you seen... The deleted scene from the seventh movie, mm-hmm. so Deathly Hallows Part 1, where Ron and Harry chase the rabbit. Rabbit hunting, yeah, that's a really good scene. Yeah, so mm. he nearly murders Harry in that scene. That's yeah. fucked up. It's very intense. I don't really have much of a point because it's just stupid. Like, <sighs> way to misunderstand Ron's character again. But yeah, that's more evidence of Ron being a bad friend, I guess. Well, no, that's, that scene was like, he was still wearing the Horcrux. Yeah, he was. And they were doing rabbit hunting, and then Harry, like, they couldn't fight, they couldn't get the rabbit, and then Harry jokingly, like, sent a, a little uh, spark his way at his feet, so Ron jumped. And they started doing a fake play duel, but they, they were, like, joking about it, they were smiling, and then it started to get real, because, like, Ron had the Horcrux on him, and they were so angry that they didn't get the food, and they actually started attacking each other, but then they stopped. Yeah. Because <laughs> even though Ron was wearing the evil curse object and was mad at Harry at that time, he didn't kill her. <laughs> So that's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> I just like the scene because it was just, it was no dialogue. It was just like a small scene. It was just like a really explanatory scene for how Ron was feeling throughout that entire camping trip. Because mm-hmm. it's like not being able to get food, the pressure's high. Even though your friends are still there, you get pissed at them and you go too far. Like it's literally, that's the scene. Yeah. Anyway, Ron, what else did he do? He tried to persuade Bellatrix to take him in for questioning instead of Hermione because he knew that. 
Hermione would be tortured horribly and he wanted to be tortured instead of her um, when they were at Malfoy Manor. And then while Hermione was being tortured, Ron couldn't focus. Like, he was terrified for her. Yeah. That's another moment of him, like, not being able to think clearly and <sighs> interfering with Harry trying to save the day because Harry's such a hero. Oh, uh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> that doesn't make him a bad friend. That makes him a very good friend because he's so worried about one of his other friends and he can't think clearly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He was also involved in the Gringotts heist, which could have gotten him killed, but he was still involved anyway. And then I just written down Battle of Hogwarts. Everything Ron did there was very brave. Sorry, one of the best moments for Ron in the Battle of Hogwarts. I'm arguing for your side now, I guess. He's like, oh, we've got to get the house elves out of house here. House elves. Yes, I wrote that down. Not only is that like such a good selfless thing, it shows that he's grown from when he used to disregard house elves and not think of them as, as important as mm. people. And that he's mm -hmm. taken on Hermione's views and like grown mm -hmm. and matured. Yeah. It's very good. I just want to talk a bit about Ron, just a summary. So Ron, mm -hmm. some great things that make Ron a good friend and a good person in general is that he grows past his initial prejudices, as you just mentioned with house elves, but as well as with other things with werewolves, with um, giants and things like that. Yeah. He has an initial gut reaction to thing, but he grows past those and he like matures as a person. He always admits when he was wrong, even if it takes him a while, <laughs> he always does look back at it and go, yeah, I was a git. And I'm sorry about that. Which Hermione never does. Now, Hermione doesn't admit when she's wrong. <laughs> like I said before, he always shares what he has. And he always had Hermione and Harry's backs. And even when he didn't have their backs, he would always come back to help them in the end. So that's Ron. Ron's great. Yeah. I just want to say that the number one reason that Ron is like a bad and unlikable character is because he gets in the way of Harry and Hermione falling in love. <laughs> That's why he should have died at the end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You know that JK was actually thinking about killing him. Yeah. When she was writing the fifth book. She should have. Then Harry and Hermione could have fallen in love. No, that's disgusting. Yeah, so to all those people out there who <laughs> hate Ron purely because he's getting in the way of uh, one of your ships, then you're a bad person. <laughs> and you can quote me on that. <laughs> Get over it. Get over it. Like, you can still admit that he's actually a good character with really good qualities and Harry's best friend, so. Another one bites to dust, I guess. <laughs> like, if you want to ship uh, Harmony, just do it. Like, you don't have to trash Ron. Yeah, there's nothing that can stop you. I ship Drarry, but I don't hate Ginny. I, I love Ginny. I think she's a great character. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so I've been Jem, your adamant that Ron was a great friend and a good boy host. I've been Rhea, you're desperately trying to stay in character as a Ron hater <laughs> Thanks for listening to Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at 9and3quarterspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr at podcast9and3quarters.tumblr.com. Or talk to us separately on Twitter. Rhea is at SmashMouthRhea and Jem is at Jem underscore just Jem. Please feel free to send theories or ask questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. 
This week's intro music was Ron's Victory by Nicholas Hooper, and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.